0: Your power's a weak, old man. You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. All I saw was smoke and fire I didn't
1: feel a thing But suddenly I was
0: rising higher
1: And I felt like I just made
2: The biggest mistake when I thought
1: about my unborn child When I thought about my wife And the answer rang out clear From somewhere up above No greater gift has man Until they
0: down his life or
1: love And welcome to the main event. Will Trump's arrest make him more powerful than you can imagine? The polls say yes. I am Scott McAfee. I'm the owner of Don's Bicycle Store in Rialto and Redlands. And I'm filling in Fred Hoffman. Ed is on vacation. He'll be back next week. I do need to make my normal disclaimer, and that is I am not a professional radio talk show host. No, just an incredible simulation. Actually, I'm just a regular person, just like you, but I'm very politically incorrect. And I have a big fat mouth, and I'm not afraid to use it, which of course makes me the perfect fill-in host for Ed. But before we get down to business, or as we have in Rialto, BitNess, I do need to thank the founder of The Feast, the sponsor of this show, and that is United American Mortgage Corporation. If you're ready to get involved with any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and you need financing... Call Ed at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Day or night, 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with Ed and you don't want to talk on the phone, go to edhoffman.net and click on the lending logo. And if there's any part of the show you want repeated, stay on edhoffman.net and click on the podcast page to listen on to listen on demand at any time. You can't always hear the show on the radio. This is actually the easiest way to hear it wherever you want. So I have a special guest this show. She's an actress and restaurant owner who made a splash during COVID for speaking out about the lockdown hypocrisy in L.A. County. She's the owner of the Pineapple Saloon in Sherman Oaks and now hosts the SOS Los Angeles podcast. Angela Marston, welcome to the main event.
3: Thank you. I'm excited. I'm happy to be here.
1: No, it's great to have you. And I know when I first saw your video that went viral, uh, when you, you exposed how L.A. film crews were allowed to have this fully catered like brunch or whatever they were doing, meanwhile, they were telling you that your area was unsafe.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It brings an, a, a whole new meaning to living the dream. You know, sure. When you're in L.A., people are like, oh, I'm living the dream. Yeah, that's L.A. at its finest. That's <laughs> California at its finest, you know. Um, it was pretty horrible, and... By the grace of God, uh, it got out and the world saw it. And it was a total accident because I am very bad at social media and I'm very bad at tech stuff. I had just hit my breaking point and I was finished. I was not able to sustain another round of being told I couldn't uh, work. I couldn't sell food and I didn't know what to do for my staff. And it was my little, uh, you know, cry out to the, yeah, I get emotional still talking about it, help help you know to the world and the world heard and from all over the world people started calling my bar and asking where can I donate where can I donate and literally everyday people from everywhere um, saved my bar and I still have a huge bag of letters that people sent with donations or just letters just to tell me who they are what they've been through and and saying you know please don't stop please don't stop talking you know, the world needs America. The world needs people to, to stand up and speak. And so that put me on a big um, <laughs> going down the rabbit hole, Alice in Wonderland journey, I call it. I, I went out and spoke against Gavin Newsom. I was a big part of the recall. I was on Friday nights at French Laundry. I lost a lot of business in my pub for going out against Newsom, but I don't know. My mom uh, worked in a bread factory her whole life. She's um, Irish Catholic, and I, I remember calling her after doing so many interviews. I, I literally, we called it the war room. I had a bartender uh, who worked in the industry doing makeup, and she was like scheduling everybody and trying to help me. And then another bartender's really good at tech, and she would put the camera up and we'd do Zoom interviews to anybody that would call, anybody that would call. And it was like two weeks of nonstop interviews. And I called my mom, I said, Mom, I don't want to be just a talker. You know, like, I I don't know what to do. I don't know why I got chosen to do this. You know, every time I would go to speak, I'd just say, God, please speak through me. And I'd pull up quotes of Martin Luther King, even Bob Marley, Helen Keller, and I would put them in front before I would do an interview um, just to remind myself to just be honest and be truthful and and speak what you feel, you know? And um, so I remember having this conversation, like, all I'm doing is just talking you know, and that's when I made the decision, you know, my mom's like, well, you got to give people hope. As long as people have hope, they will stay alive, and they can fight, and they can make change. Um, And so that's when I made the decision, I'm joining this recall thing. (laughs) And I went out and started protesting, and going to all the events and meeting amazing people all over California. There's so many awesome people in california you know fighting for what's best for california it was a it was a crazy journey
1: awesome crazy so glad you're in the right place you're in the right place (laughs) one thing i want to run by you too this is kind of related to COVID, but i've noticed interesting phenomena at my bike shop where i have families coming in and the parents aren't wearing masks but the kids and teenagers are wearing masks really yeah i've seen this and i'm thinking when they walk in i'm like do i say something do i not say something but i have actually liberated three young people over the last
3: oh, that's awesome. I have
1: over the last several months so I had a, a family come in and there's this little boy with his mask on I'm like hey, well, you know what's up with your son the mask? well he won't take it off and one little girl she sleeps with her mask on what yeah she sleeps with her mask on oh and my thinking, goodness. You know, do I say anything do I not
3: that's so, heartbreaking
1: yeah so I, you know I took the little guy aside and I said hey um are, do you think you're gonna wear that like you know why are you do you afraid you're gonna get sick and he goes, no, it just makes me feel safer.
3: <gasps> yeah, wow. so I'm like,
1: yeah, so I'm like, well, do you think you'll wear it when you're 50? And he says, no. I said, well, what about when you're 40? He goes, no. I said, what about maybe when you're 30? He goes, eh. I said, well, you know, it's really not healthy for you to wear that thing all the time. And, right. you know, honestly, we'd like to see your face. We'd like to see your smile. And then I just kind of backed off and, and I looked later on, they were still there and the little kid had the mask off. Uh. He, he had the mask off. And then uh, they came in a week later, and the little boy comes up to me goes, see, no mask.
2: Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I
1: go, I high-fived him and go, now don't you ever put that on again, all right? He goes, right. nope. <laughs>
3: it's so funny you brought that up. Are mm. you hearing the rumblings that they're considering yes. bringing back yes. the
1: masks? Yes, and I guess, what is it, Lionsgate out there in LA is making their employees wear N95s, which is like, basically, you might as well like have, You know, uh, uh, you know, it's like three times as thick. Yeah, I put one on. It's like I'm about ready to pass out in five minutes. But, you know, no, of course, we're hearing the rumblings. Interestingly enough, we're going to an election cycle right about when we have the next. Funny.
3: Isn't that so convenient? (laughs) The next COVID (laughs) crisis.
1: Look, all I can tell anybody who's listening.
3: Elections are very contagious and dangerous for your health. (laughs) They are.
1: All I can say is everybody, anybody's listening. The answer is no. We're never, ever going to do this again. We're not going to lock down schools and churches. We're not going to wear masks anymore i don't care if the black plague hits we're not doing this again we're not going to destroy our society and and in this case freak out a lot of young children that feel they still have to wear masks like for the rest of their lives 24 hours a day i mean it's ridiculous right anyways well i want to move on to some topics here let's talk about hawaii uh what a disaster that (sighs) was Uh, With just over 100 casualties casualties confirmed, the Maui fire is currently the fifth deadliest wildfire in U.S. history. And I saw this just the other day. They're saying there's a thousand plus people who are still missing, many of which are children and, and, and eventually accounted for. If they're accounted for, it will likely go on record as the deadliest. And after the president woke up from his nap during a public event, the people of Maui were treated to a classic Joe Biden speech. You know, the kind where he compares the major tragedy to some less tragic event in his own life. We're used to these by now, but... Apparently, recently, he told the Gold Star parents of 13 soldiers who died in Afghanistan in the Afghanistan pullout that their tragedy was the same as Bo dying of cancer. Before that, he exploited the story of his first wife and daughter dying every chance he got, even lying about the driver being drunk in some speeches. Anyway, here's the latest example of that in Maui this week.
0: I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. And it was a sunny Sunday, and lightning struck at home on a little lake It's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife. My '67 Corvette and my cat. He almost likes his cat. Angela, I, my
3: my stomach is turning. I am. It's just outrageous. I have a woman, um, Gracie, who it was you know lovely to come support the Pineapples. She she does Club Jam, which is a running club. They they meet. They do three miles and they come back and eat. Um, Gracie's whole family. She's from Lahaina. She told me two days into it, you know, she, you know, was getting a ticket and going there. And could we do a quick fundraiser for her? Her aunt was missing at the time. Several family members are missing. Um, All of her family has been displaced. And um, she said, Angela, you know, the only thing left standing in my hometown was the Catholic Church. It's the only thing. I heard about that. That was not touched. I heard about that. And we raised raised about uh, $1,440, which is pittance. And she's texts me and she said, well, I've split it between these five people and the Animal Humane Society because there's so many pets that made it out, but their families are missing and they're overrun at the Humane Society. And it's disgusting. My stomach's turning. It's shameful. It's disgusting. And I don't, I don't care what political side you're on, but if you voted for this person and you are you supported Joe Biden. By this point, you had to have woken up. How can you? It, how can you go and tell a story like that, which probably isn't even true, knowing Joe Biden? And I, by the way, I thought Bo died actually in a war, or did he die of cancer? I don't know which one it is. <laughs> but you go to these people; they've lost everything. She has several family missing, uh, members missing still, and you are going to tell that story and show up. Five days, seven days later, that beach interview where he wouldn't even make a comment. Right. How ironic.
1: Right. <laughs> no, it, it is. It's disgraceful. And I'm sure that people that are the Biden they're like, gosh, you know, if we don't send him, then it looks bad, like he doesn't care. But if we <laughs> do send him, he's going to say something really stupid like this. He sounds drunk. <laughs> he sounds out of it. You know, he can barely, you know, put together a sentence. Uh, As usual, Biden greatly exaggerates the details of his life's event. At this point, he's never going to understand. He can be fact-checked with a single Google search. Last year, Biden exaggerated the same 2004 house fire when addressing the victims of Hurricane Ian in Florida. Ed covered it at the time, here's that clip.
0: Lightning struck a little pond behind my house, came up through the ground into the air conditioning system, ended up generating thick black smoke literally literally that of those proportions. And from the basement to the third floor, the attic, everything was ruined. And the kitchen floor, we almost lost a couple firefighters, they tell me, because the kitchen floor was the burning between the beams and, and, and the house in addition to, almost collapsed into the basement.
1: Huh, sounds like a different story, because here we almost lost two firefighters. You know, the last time we lost almost the Corvette and the Cat. Um, and then it was a sunny day and lightning struck.
3: Yeah. I mean, I just hope those documents that he has near the corvette mm. were not oh. in the corvette because that could have burned up.
1: They could have burned the documents. <laughs> the
3: documents, you know? I hadn't
1: thought of that.
3: All the top secret documents that he stores next to his corvette, you know?
1: Right. Right. But isn't he being a indi- No, that's Trump being indicted for documents. Oh yeah,
3: that's right. Right. All right. <laughs>
1: Um, so I do we're gonna discuss the debate because that was obviously the big event that happened this past week. I want to just ask you a question first out. Um, you know, should Trump have been at this debate? Because I'm hearing people that they were angry that Trump should have been there. Why wasn't he there? He's too I, I'm just saying, what's your take on that?
3: i I don't think he should have been there, but I did i at, at first, I was not happy that he did at the same time as the mm, the okay. debate, Why? although I've Why? I've, Because, you know, one of the things that turns people off of Trump Mm. is they feel he's arrogant and he's narcissistic. Mm -hmm. And it's like you're trying to compete with Fox. And I understand why he he did that. And actually, didn't he get like 109 million views? (laughs) It
1: was like in millions, hundreds of millions. Yeah, Yeah. hundreds
3: of millions. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to hear the other candidates. Like, I think a third
1: one was it, maybe ninety minutes. I don't know. I'm yeah. not even sure.
3: I wanted to hear the other candidates. So yes. at first, I was a little upset because I also want to hear Trump. Yes. And so then I thought, you know what? It's it's online. I can watch Trump later. I just want to see what the other candidates have to say and where their school of thought is. And so for me, I didn't like that, but I understand now and after the debate why he did what he did. You know.
1: Sure. Well, that makes sense. And, and I think your point is right, that maybe having his, his interview at the same time was kind of a slap in the face. Uh, and it did probably annoy some people. But at the same time, I do think it was probably better that he didn't show up. Number yeah. one, he didn't have to. But I think more importantly, can you imagine Trump on the same stage as Pence and Chris Christie? And oh, Nikki? God. It would have been an absolute you-know-what show. And I don't think we wouldn't be able to get... Really much information about those other candidates, and I want to hear what they have to say. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't really want to see this big fat mess up there either. So I think in in hindsight, it probably was better for him just to not show yeah, up. and him.
3: it did turn into a big fat mess. It certainly it was points. a mess anyway, without him. It was a mess without yeah, him. I couldn't was. believe it. I it was, was like,
1: what? Right. All right. So obviously, you watched the debate. I watched the debate. Let's kind of take let's let's kind of take it candidate by candidate, right? And <laughs> what I thought we would do just for fun is. I'm going to rank them on a one to ten. And okay. then, yeah, and then I want you to do the same thing. So I know just kind of starting out, uh, your opinion undoubtedly is going to be that Mike Pence killed it.
3: No. Right? No. <laughs> Mike Pence killed Mike Pence. <laughs> it was so awful okay. to watch him overrun the moderators and and not followed by the rules and it just, he kept going on and on and on and they were trying to stop him. And I thought if I was in a war room, if I was Trump with this person next to me, he would have drove me crazy. You know, like when does he stop? He did not, he didn't have respect for the moderators. He didn't have respect for the other people. And I feel like he made himself look very, very bad. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, and and for me, when I saw Mike Pence, I thought I had no idea AI was this advanced. (laughs) I mean, he almost looks real.
3: He almost looks real.
1: So, coming back, I mean, Mike Pence on a 1 to 10, I gave him a 1 just for, like, showing up. But I think watching him, you're right, it, it made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, He kept interrupting more than anybody else. He seems kind of clueless. And I think probably the biggest... Takeaway for me was he kept talking about how great the Trump-Pence administration was on things like immigration, economic issues. Right. Doesn't that just kind of make the case for Trump? Yeah,
3: it kind of does. Right. No, no, because he negotiated those deals. He did. He personally negotiated those deals on behalf
1: of Trump. Oh. He He
3: kept saying like I negotiated the deal with Mexico. I, you know what I mean.
1: So you're saying you're saying it wouldn't happen if Pence wasn't the VP?
3: Well, according to Pence. OK, no, I don't believe that at all. No, <laughs> I just I was just like, do you hear what you're saying? Like, <laughs>
1: you know, I, I remember when Pence was announced as the VP and it's like, OK, Trump is such a, you know, bull in a China shop that he needs somebody that's more yes. reserved and moderate and, yes. you know, maybe attract the Christian evangelical crowd or whatever. Yes. So it made sense that, oh, well, he's he's a nice guy that will kind of counterbalance Trump who can be abrasive and kind of unhinged. Um, but what happened to that Mike Pence?
3: You know what? What? Here's the thing. He snuck in on us, right? Yeah. He's the quiet guy. Oh. You know, my mom and dad always said, you got to be careful of the quiet ones. Okay. And so now he can't be quiet because he's running oh. and we're really seeing <laughs> who he is. <laughs> but before we had this idea, yes, he's a Christian. He's a moderate. This is a good thing. He seems to be doing good things, but he didn't really talk a whole lot.
1: No, he's a nice Christian man that likes to interrupt people on a stage.
3: Yes, and not and disrespect them and not follow the rules. Right. And yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, he did come across as obnoxious. T- yeah. Um, you know, when I look at it, there was eight people up on that stage, and it's like, okay, we don't need to see all eight of them again. Oh, like, no. I think Mike oh, Pence's no. campaign is over. I don't know what he was thinking about when he first ran, anyways. I think some of these people have this they live in this bubble where they think they're really like, you know, they really should run for some reason right you know but you know if they look at their own polling it's like nah, mike. and i don't know where mike's polling would money it, you just,
3: money it's money is that what it is? i think people are you saying
1: people are just running for people money
3: are running because they get people behind them that give money okay i think all right i think it's about money
1: okay no, i think you're probably right on that all right so that's that's mike pence so on a one to ten uh what do you give mike pence did, did we get do we get a number from you
3: I'm going to be horrible at this. Go ahead. Zero. Zero. Okay. Zero for Mike (laughs) Pence. I
1: gave him a one just because I'm nicer than Mike Pence. All right. Let's move on to the elephant that was in the room, Chris Christie. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Otherwise known as Chris Krispy Cream. Sorry. Um, are you plugging Krispy Kreme donuts? Well, I didn't mean to. We should be plugging the Pineapple Hill Saloon.
3: That's right. That's right, for God's sakes.
1: And Don's Bicycle Store. If you need an electric bike, by the yes. way, go see Don's Bicycle Please. Store. So with Chris Christie, I look and I go, why are you there? Right. You know, why are you running? Um, and and it just seemed like, like, what is his position? What does he stand for other than I hate Trump and I Trump? I hate Trump. Yeah, that's kind of it, but that's not enough to run on. What what are your thoughts on Chris Christie?
3: Oh, the horrible. Okay. I mean to, to and 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 to to not be able to read the room, the boos. Oh, yeah. They broke out in the loudest booing I've ever heard in a debate. And he sat there trying to play like, well, you know, you guys can boo me, but that truth is still the, tr- you know, that doesn't make the truth not the truth. No, and cr- I'm like, dude, why are you here? Are you getting paid to just be the wrench in the campaign to go around and trash Trump? Because that's about all he knows how to do.
1: Well, I, and I guess the what, what was the booze for? Now I'm trying to remember, what what did they boo for? Um,
3: because they had, which was. Also, a very funny moment. Yeah, when they asked who would pardon Trump.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Right,
3: and everybody like, uh, v- Vec was re- yeah. raised right, right immediately. Right, and then half the other people looked around the room and they're like, uh, "Okay." And, <laughs> right, then, right. and then Chris Christie was like doing this. He goes, "No, he I'm not raising my hand." Oh. And then he went into why he,
1: he sort of raised his hand, but then stopped raising his hand. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then he got a boo because he wouldn't pardon Trump.
3: Right. And he started saying, you know, that uh, Trump's conduct was, you know, criminal possibly, mm. was this and started trashing Trump basically.
1: And this is this is relating to January sixth kind of stuff. Right. Um, but
3: and which, and, and which Vec you, called him out on it. Because yeah. Vec said, you know, your whole campaign Oh like remember?
1: I got the clip. Don't you worry. Do? Okay, yeah, go hear. ahead and play that clip. <laughs> clip number one, please, between Chris Christie and Vivek.
0: Here's the bottom line. Someone's got to stop normalizing this conduct. Okay? Now, and now whether or not, whether or not you believe that the criminal charges are right or wrong, the conduct is beneath the office of President of the United States. This is the great thing about this country. Booing is allowed, but it doesn't change the truth. It doesn't change the truth. Mr. Armstrong, you raise your hand supporting-
2: I'd like to get in and respond. Let's just speak the truth, okay? President Trump, I believe, was the best president of the 21st century.
1: It's a fact. And Chris Christie,
2: honest to God, your claim that Donald Trump is motivated by vengeance and grievance would be a lot more credible If your entire campaign were not based on vengeance and grievance against one man, and if people at home want to see a bunch of people blindly bashing Donald Trump without an iota of vision for this country, they could just change the channel to MSNBC right now. But I'm not running for president of MSNBC. I am running for president of the United States. We're skating on thin ice and we cannot set a precedent where the party in power uses police force to indict its political opponents. It is wrong. That's we that's have to end the, the right. weaponization of
3: justice in this country. Boom, Angela. Boom! Boom. Yeah, boom. boom. Mic drop back. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. It's so, so true. It is not equal on both sides. So, you know, there's, we, we all know. Hillary dumped documents. We all know where Joe Biden's got them everywhere, you know, <laughs> and nothing has been done. This is so clearly a vengeance to go after a politica- political candidate. And interesting thing was, is I wasn't sure if I was going to vote for Trump uh, this this go around. Mm. I was liking Ron DeSantis, which okay. I'm sure we'll get to him. Yes, we will. Um, and... The first time they arrested him, yep, I got so mad at that raid. I said, "That's it, yeah, I'm voting for him." <laughs> I was like, "He must know something for them to come after him that much," you know?
1: No, no, for sure. And it's like, and again, did did all these arrests, all these indictments, has it made Trump more powerful? That's kind of my opening clip. And again, looking at the polls, the answer is yes. Uh, we're out of time for part one of the main event. We'll be back after news, traffic, and weather with Angela Marsden. Stay tuned. I would give my life. I would make that sacrifice. And welcome back to the main event. I am Scott McAfee. I'm the owner of Don's Bicycle Store in Rialton, Redlands and I'm filling in Fred Hoffman. Ed will be back next week. If you do need any of the assistance he can give you in the world of real estate, call Ed at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or if you need a new bike, particularly some of the new cool electric bikes that are out there, go to donsbikeshop.com. That's donsbikeshop.com. And if you're in LA, uh, and you want to stop by a fantastic restaurant bar, go to the Pineapple Hill Saloon. Our The owner, Angela Marsden, is back with us in studio. Angela, welcome back. Thank
3: you, it's thank been you fun. for having me, this it's is been, a blast. Isn't
1: it fun? I knew this would be fun. We were talking about the debate, we talked about Chris Christie, we talked about Mike Pence. Uh, now we're gonna move on to candidate number three and that was Asa Hutchinson. Uh, Asa Hutchinson, um, I didn't really know this guy. There's like the two guys on the end. That's what the I call them. G-
3: yeah, the like two I didn't know the them either. I was just right. like, who are they? Where did they come from? Who are
1: these people that just showed up? You
3: know, I, I, they seemed nice enough, but they were like, they were like toast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like white toast.
1: You know what oh. I mean? It's
3: like, <laughs> it's just like. It didn't do much.
1: They were like props. They didn't stir you in any way. No, no. Well, apparently Asa Hutchinson, I guess, was the former head of Homeland Security, which already is a major negative for me. We don't need the Department of Homeland Security. Thank you, George Bush, for creating (laughs) another government institution that we really don't need. Um, I didn't know this guy at first. By the end, I hated this person. Really? Yeah, I hated this guy. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that You know, he expects us to trust the justice system. Well, you know, President Trump, nobody's above the law. One of those types. Nobody's above the law, Angela. And if Trump did, in fact, commit crimes, then, you know, we need to respect the rule of law. We need to respect yeah, the justice. Yeah. yeah, this is a guy that did not hear my interview uh, of Tim GNA last week, who's who's basically been sent to prison for trespassing and was put in solitary confinement for trespassing because he happened to be at January 6th. So our justice system is completely corrupt. We're seeing this unfold yes. in front of our eyes right now as we speak. Um you know, and, and he talks about January 6th, the insurrection, this and that. Well, if President Trump caused the You know, you have no idea what you're talking about. You have right. no idea. You talk to the people, some of the people that were there. Um, you've seen some of the footage that Tucker Carlson put out yep. about January 6th, where the guards were basically escorting people. Into the White House. Into the White uh, House, yes. yeah. Um, You know, uh, we, you know we, have, we have political prisoners here in the United States, that subject didn't. I'm more interested in that than I am UFOs. Scott, I mean,
3: a friend of mine. Yes. Her friend um, was in charge of gays for Trump, and he was at January 6th He never even went to the White House. She gets a call in the middle of the night. Um, the feds raid his home, break down his door. They drop through his his son 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 um sun s- sunlight ceiling yeah, glass. Yeah. they break through it like they're on a freaking Mission Impossible right. film. He's in the bathroom. It's in the middle of the night. They arrest him, and they throw him into D.C., the jail where the January 6ers are, and they still cannot get this guy out. He's never had a felony, he's never been arrested, and he never went into the White House. And they don't talk about him, they don't let anybody know he's gay, obviously, and they are desperately trying to get him out, even out on bail. And they cannot get him out.
1: He's been in there for years.
3: Well, they just did this. This was just this summer.
1: Oh, this just happened.
3: Yes, this was in, it was, it literally just happened, not in the summer, I'm so sorry, in the fall of last year of 2022.
1: And he's been there ever since.
3: They can't get him out. They're trying (sighs) desperately to get him out, even on bail.
1: OK, that this is a topic that should have been put out on that debate. I'm sorry. You cannot have political prisoners here in the United States. Right. People who's well, what happened to it right to a speedy trial, by the way. You know, I mean, I think well, these, and
3: hiding evidence.
1: Right. That's insane. Right. That should have released everybody. Yes. Yeah, it should have. It should have. Anyways, coming back to I'm getting all fired up uh, with you, uh, 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 uh. getting all fired up um coming back to Ace hutchinson uh, i don't know if he i mean to me this on a one to ten i gave him a zero uh, and i think he's like the last he's like chris christie mike pence it just needs to go i don't need to hear from this guy anymore your thoughts on if you can even remember this person yeah i was
3: gonna say i totally agree and nobody will remember him It literally nobody will ever remember that he was on that stage he made zero impact with anything he said and it's maybe he's a nice guy you know i'm just saying nobody's gonna even remember what he said so no, I'm at zero. All right. So I'm saying I'm not doing good at this game because right. I'm a little hard on everybody. No, that's all right.
1: That's why you're here. Dang it. All right, let's talk about and the other. The other uh, interesting non-person that was on the other end of the stage was Doug Burgum. He's the North Dakota governor. Everybody knows who the North Dakota governor is, right? Okay. Um, this is again one of those. Seems like a nice enough guy, but he kind of lacks personality. Um, one comment that, that he did say that really did strike me, though, is he said he showers at the end of the day, not the beginning.
3: Yes, he did say
1: that. He did say that. And when I thought that, you know, I've done that a few times, but when I do that, I feel gross and I smell. I don't know. I,
3: I don't even know. When he said that, yeah. it literally went right over my head. I was like, and why is that important? Like, where did this come from? Why are you telling us this? Like, what is your point with making that statement? <laughs> you know, I'm not sure exactly
1: the- either. It was just like... You only have X amount of time to speak. I'm just surprised that some campaign advisor said, well, don't forget the shower part. Yeah,
3: don't, you, for, don't forget to tell him how you shower.
1: Yes, that's important, you know. Poor guy. Now, poor guy. I wonder if he does smell during the day. That's maybe his campaign staff yeah. has a hard time being, being near him. Um, so, can you give, do you remember anything other than that? Or
3: The last two are literally the same shell, the same okay. person. Like same person. Like, it's like nobody knew who they were. And you're never going to remember, like, anything they said. No. <laughs> they are gone. I, I can't—how I, could they bring them back to
1: debate? <laughs> I don't know. I, on a 1 to 10, I gave him a 2, even though I think he needs to be gone, Aww. just for being nice and he showing up. He seemed
3: like a nice person. Yeah. He did. Yeah, he I just did. don't
1: hear from him anymore. Uh, okay. Um, oh, by the way, I meant—I did have clip—I'm sorry, clip 2 from Asa Hutchinson. Can we play that clip before we move on? I did not raise my hand because there's an important
2: issue we as a party have to face— And over a year ago, I said that Donald Trump was morally disqualified from being president again as a result of what happened on January 6th. More people are understanding the importance of that, including conservative legal scholars who says he may be disqualified under the 14th Amendment from being president again as a result of the insurrection. This is something that could disqualify him under our rules. and under the constitution. And so obviously I'm not going to support somebody who's been convicted of a serious felony or who has this is disqualified under our constitution and that's consistent with RNC rules and I hope everybody would agree with me.
1: Uh, yeah, that's why I hate Asa Hutchinson. Sorry. Yeah. want to get that in there.
3: You, you still want to give him a two? <laughs> uh, n-
1: no, I gave him a zero. You Asa- gave him a zero. Asa- no, I gave yeah, Doug yeah, yeah. Burgum, the other non-entity, oh, Doug, Doug. I gave him a two. That was Asa okay. All right, let's move on to Tim Scott. I did think he had some strong points. Uh, this was an interesting comment regarding education. Can you play clip three, please?
0: Our nation was founded upon the Judeo-Christian values that has made this the greatest nation on God's green earth. I'm a big believer in Ephesians 3.20 that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. Our responsibility should be to model the behavior we want others to follow. On education. The only way we change education in this nation is to break the backs of the teachers' unions. They are standing in the doorhouse of our kids, locking them into failing schools and locking them out of the greatest future they could have.
1: Uh, Your thoughts on uh, Tim Scott?
3: You know, I like Tim Scott. Um, I thought he would be better at the debate. Um, he, he, He seemed a little meek. Um, but I think he's somebody to watch. I think he's going to be a game changer. I don't know if it's going to happen now. I don't know if he will pull it through this election cycle, but I love his story. I love that he's never um, aggressive. He never attacks. He just really sticks to the points of, what needs to change and what he wants to he's kind of very happy and positive positive. Mm-hmm. and i just really love i really like him and i think his life experience that he would bring once he gets a little more better at this game um is is a game changer changers it'd be nice to have somebody that's had uh his life experience you know
1: Sure. No, And I agree. He is very liked. You know, nobody dislikes Tim Scott. My sister, like, really likes him a lot. Oh, he did fantastic. And I would say yes, I would agree with everything you say. He doesn't quite inspire me, and he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would get into the presidency and just, like, totally, like... Rip this thing apart, and you know, which is what we need. No, he's not. not. He's not going to like it in there. He's not going to, you know, you know, get rid of the FBI. He's not going to get rid of the Department of Homeland Security. The Department of Education. I I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't see that. He's just not quite aggressive enough. He doesn't. He doesn't inspire me. I guess. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Uh, one to ten. What do you give Tim Scott? Five. Okay, I gave him a six. I'm nicer than you oh, are. So,
3: yeah. You've been nicer to all of them than I well, have Well, <laughs> maybe.
1: That's why you're here. Is that
3: the woman in me? I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of women, <laughs> let's move on to Nikki Haley. Um, it's funny because I was driving over here and my wife uh, calls me. She goes, by the way, I just got a text from Nikki Haley saying that she won the debate and that we can send her money now.
3: Wow, really? Did you get that text? I didn't get that text. Okay, I'll forward
1: it to you in case you want (laughs) to donate somebody to Nikki Haley. Um, Look, and I'm trying to be fair. I did like her point regarding adoption versus abortion. I am an adoptive parent myself. I think if there's one argument you can make to people who are uh, pro choice, is that, like, don't you at least, wouldn't we at least agree adoption is better than abortion? I think we could agree, most reasonable people would agree with that position. I also like when she was talking about batteries for electric cars being made in China. That's true. Electric cars are not that environmentally friendly. Uh, they're strip mining all over the place to make the batteries, and we're, we're basically funding china who makes the batteries oh
3: yeah and we're funding slavery
1: we are we are i mean just as bad as things are are over here there are places where it's worse um i also like i mean her comment regarding you know we need to to hold india and china accountable and have them stop polluting uh, good luck with that you think india and china are gonna (laughs) care if nikki haley tells them to stop polluting um I did I also I know Vivek slammed her. I don't know if you heard that by saying she could go back to her job as a board member of Raytheon. I didn't yes,
3: hear that? he did. I don't know she,
1: is she a board member of Raytheon though now, or is that just kind of a slam like you can leave here and I go, don't
3: know if she is or isn't.
1: I should have checked that out. Yeah, I should have checked yeah. it out. I was curious.
3: I you know yeah. I
1: Nikki Haley. I like her. You do.
3: I like her. Okay. I I like um she she led with strength. Mm-hmm. She had some really good, you made out the good points of what she had to say. Yep. Um, she she did go after Vec and she held her own. Yep. And um, I think she's a very smart woman with experience. And compared to Kamala Harris, <laughs> I mean, oh. as a woman, well, that's a pretty low I bar. would never just vote for somebody because they're a woman. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she held her own with all those men in there. Um, and I think she did very well in the debate.
1: I I really do. I think she did okay. I think she did okay. Um, Do you want her as president?
3: Well, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know know about that. No. (laughs) Probably not right now. Okay. All right. Not right now. Probably not right now. I have to see more debates. We have to see. It's in the very beginning. You
1: can't, you know. Well, I hate to say it, but also, she doesn't seem like the kind of person that's going to completely get in there and and tear stuff down, you know? Um, She's like. Yeah. So. Oh, I guess. Oh, I'm sorry. I just I was just giving a note. Nikki Haley was previously a well-paid board member for Boeing, the company that makes the F-15 and profits handsomely from foreign weapon sales to foreign countries and forever. Okay. Oh,
3: well, I didn't know that. You didn't know that. Well, now you know. (laughs) So Now what do do you think, Angela? Now I don't know. Now you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) She's not so sure. Yeah, yeah. that was a real quick turnaround. (laughs) All
1: right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, one to ten, I'll give her a six because I thought she did put in a decent performance.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. A six.
1: All right. Very good. Six. So now let's move on to, and by the way, I think she should be in the next, per, I'd keep Nikki, I would yes. keep I would keep Tim Scott, yes. and I would also keep Ron DeSantis. Yes. Um, Ron DeSantis, uh, I think he was good, but not great. Um, I mean, when you look at what makes Ron DeSantis appealing, well, let's just get right down to it. He has a solid track record as, as in running a state. Uh, I like his military background. I like the fact that he got rid of CRT in schools and gender BS. Uh, he w- he was one of the first states to reopen during the yes. COVID lockdowns. That that's got to be admired, and I know he did take a lot of heat for that. That's true. Um, so and, and I know they keep bringing up Ronald Reagan a lot too, but I, I got to say one thing about Ronald Reagan. He's not as great as people say. Ronald Reagan <laughs> legalized millions of illegal aliens, which basically allowed this state to flip from red to blue. It was a demographic change. So people keep bringing, Reagan this and Reagan that. Sorry, I don't mean to digress here, but- Sorry. It,
3: Ronald Reagan also closed all the mental hospitals. He did that and, as and well. that is the biggest mistake exactly. we've ever made. He
1: wasn't all that great, folks. I don't care what Mark Levin says. Reagan's not that great. In retrospect, anyways, um, so your uh, your thoughts on how well Ron DeSantis it, Well, did. so it's
3: interesting with Ron DeSantis. Yeah. I love everything he's done in Florida. In particular, you know, being in L.A. and dealing with Gascon. I love, and he did bring this up, and I was glad he brought yeah. it up, um, that he went in and removed um, DAs in his state yes. that were not following the law. He literally found a way that, as he is governor, could fire them. And I have not seen any governor in any state do that and go and get rid of these George Soros-backed DAs that are not enforcing bail or not enforcing, you know what I mean? So I was very, very for Ron DeSantis. I actually thought before Trump was indicted, that would probably be the person I would end up voting for. Okay, this is interesting,
1: but...
3: He's losing it. I don't know what's going on. It's like he's nervous. He's... uh, he's not saying, he's not on target with what people want or are worried about. Like, I don't know what happened. As soon as he started going out and speaking, it's just like a balloon that has a little bit of air that keeps deflating. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand it.
1: Well, his polls are dropping. That's for sure. That is true. You know, again, I I mean, he's he's a good guy. Would he make a good president? Probably. But we definitely need somebody that's going to go hundred percent, man, and just rip this whole thing down. And I don't know if that's Ron DeSantis. Um, One of the things that came up was, you know, politicians being in the pockets of big donors. And I hate to say it, but unless you're very well self-funded, you know, you're going to be in somebody's pocket. So whose pocket is he in? Um, You know, um, again, good, solid track record as governor. He's probably the best governor we have. Yeah. Um, But will he be our next president? Um, Probably unlikely. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: from what we're seeing now, mm. yeah, probably unlikely. Uh, and, the,
1: and the thing that kind of turned me off a little bit about DeSantis was when Trump was first indicted in like Florida. I, I'm, I'm losing track of all these indictments now. I know. He didn't come out with a very strong response against that. No. That should have been like, this is not happening in the United States of America. You cannot go after political opponents. You know, I, I didn't hear that from him.
3: Look, Beck v- went down to Florida yes. and held a press conference and said and did everything you're saying. Yep. And it literally took the shine away from Ron DeSantis in that moment.
1: Well, speaking of the person that I think won the debate, I'm sorry, but that was Vivek Ramaswamy. (laughs) Uh, I love Vivek for a lot of different reasons. Um, One is because he articulates everything I believe better than anybody else. He is extremely smart. Even the people that don't like him will acknowledge this guy is brilliant and he's very successful. He's a self-made multi-multi-millionaire. Not quite a billionaire, but he's, he's pretty close. The things that I saw from him on that debate were like, Wow, uh, for example, just just coming around and saying climate change is a hoax. Nobody else had the guts to say that. <laughs> nope. I called everybody else super PAC puppets. Uh, talks about leading an American revolution. Talks about we just talked about this reopening mental institutions that Ronald Reagan shut down, which we desperately need. You're in L.A. Desperately, I, desperately. desperately. I'm in San Bernardino County. We see this. We could everywhere. do a whole
3: show on everything that I'm learning and experiencing in L.A. with the mental mental health and the way the county works, the city works, the state works, and there's yep. no hospitals to put them in. It's 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 shameful.
1: Right. And I also agree what he said about having a national identity crisis. We don't know who we are as Americans. And I think the deeper part of that is we we have a lack of meaning in our country. We have young people that are looking for meaning some way, somehow, and they're going to find it some way, somehow, whether it's with BLM or some kind of transgender movement or or climate change. Yeah, what does that say about our society? Yeah. What does that say about us? So, for me, the most defining moment, though, of this entire debate was regarding funding and sending billions more to the Ukraine. And it was asked, okay, show of hands, who's against sending money to the Ukraine? There was only one hand that I saw go up, and that was Vivek. Can we play clip four, please? Mr. Ramaswamy, you would not support an increase of funding to Ukraine.
2: I would not. And I think that this is disastrous
0: that we are protecting
2: against an invasion across somebody else's border when we should use those same military resources to prevent across the invasion of our own southern border here in the United States of America. We are driving Russia further into China's hands. The Russia-China alliance is the single greatest threat we face. And I find it offensive that we have professional politicians on the stage that will make a pilgrimage to Kiev, to their Pope Zelensky, without doing the same thing for people in maui or the south side of chicago or kensington i think that we have to put the interests of americans first secure our own border instead of somebody else's
1: that was a huge moment for me your thoughts yeah
3: you know i'm conflicted Mm. um i don't like all the money we're sending over there but i also you know i i've heard putin say that if they take Ukraine, he's gonna to go to Poland and on. And so I really don't know. I'm very confused about the U- Ukraine war. I don't believe all that money should be going to them. I agree with him. We should be putting that money into our borders, into Maui, but I don't know if we can truly walk away and not have something d- disastrous happen. So I just don't understand it, to be real honest with you.
1: Well, yeah, it's, it's very common. and Nobody likes to see suffering throughout the world. I guess no. the question is, what is our own political interest there? I don't see it. I also, when you and I were just talking about this, when you see thousands of homeless, these are American citizens lying in the street it's... and we're not allocating resources there. I'm sorry, but there is a priority. It's called America first. We have to take care of those folks first. And I see some of the other candidates on this debate stage, no, we can secure our border and we can fight a war with you. No, we can't. We just got out of a war with Afghanistan. How, much, how many billions did we lose there? How many lives did we lose? Ed and I have interviewed a guy, uh, Joey Jones, who had his legs blown off in Afghanistan. What did we get from Afghanistan?
3: Right, nothing. What did we get
1: from Iraq? And it's the same fools running this military that that, that created those disasters. Right. We're gonna trust them, but now we're not talking about trying to beat a bunch of cavemen in Afghanistan. We're talking about trying to take on a nuclear power, Russia, who's moving towards an alignment with China. We're not gonna win that.
3: Right, right, no, I, I hear you and I agree with everything you just said. But what do you do if Putin then goes through Ukraine and into Poland and into and then we're in World War Three?
1: Sure. Well, what do
3: you do? How do you stop that from happening? I think it's I think it's energy independence.
1: Yes, of course.
3: I think if we were we were doing what Trump was starting for us to do, we wouldn't have the need to like Russia would be cut off. You know what I mean? Like but I don't know. It's a a tough one and I am angry that our homeless are not taken care of, that our vets are not taken care of. I'm angry that Maui, they're getting $700 per person while we're sending money to Ukraine. Like, I am not happy about that at all. But what do you do when you have someone threatening
1: well, well, I think go, the answer, it, I mean, you know, what do yeah, you do? Well, when Trump was asked about that, he said he would he would have the thing over in a day. And I think he would. Right. And basically what that means is is negotiating a truce. And it may not be what everybody wants on either side of the table, but that could be done. I mean, they're talking like, I saw a number like 4,000 people dead in Ukraine. I mean, 4,000 people. And I don't even know if that number is accurate. Um, you know, it's, it's a disaster, but it could stop. If the United States would step in and say, we need to negotiate a truce here. Right. Right. As opposed to just sending more guns and weapons and munitions and maybe boots on the ground. God only knows if we have our own soldiers there in harm's way to where this thing escalates and gets worse, because it just seems like every time we get involved in a conflict like this, we make it worse.
3: And yeah, I, amen. And and they're
1: yeah. siphoning off money to enrich themselves. Yes, yes they are. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of which, I know James O'Keefe did an interesting uh report from a guy from BlackRock and he was he was a recruiter for BlackRock and one of the comments he said in this undercover investigation was he said, "You know, war is really good for business." There's yeah. people profiting off this war, and that's also my fear. There's there's definitely powerful interests within Washington and throughout our country who want this thing to keep going on because it yes. makes them makes them billions. Coming back to Vivek, uh, look, my thoughts, the guy's brilliant. He's one of the most impressive political figures I think I have ever seen. I know there are other hosts on this station, uh, like Carl Jackson uh, just yesterday. He thinks Vivek is fake. He calls him Vivek the fake. Um, (laughs) If this guy's fake, he's fooled me, all right? I mean, you know, and I'd like him to define, he he gave some examples of why he thought Vivek was fake was because he used a similar opening line that Obama used about who's this guy on the stage with a funny name. Um, well, he does have a funny name. And that's probably the worst thing yeah, about Vivek he, Ramaswamy. He He's got this <laughs> took me like a week, I think, to pronounce it right. I, I'm not sure if I'm still doing it. I correctly. still
3: can't do it.
1: Yeah. So, you know, just Vivek. <laughs> but, you know, the, hey, look, that that line got Obama elected. So I don't care if Vivek uses that line. I mean, the, I guess the point is, is this guy sincere? Is he the real deal? Could he actually do the things that he says he wants to do? I don't know.
3: Yeah. I don't well, know. I mean, I think I, I my feelings to uh, Vivek totally want it. Yeah. I feel the same way about him that you do. Okay, um, But what you said about, can he do the things he wants to do? There is a naivety of never being in office yes. and getting in there and having to work within the system. And like Trump learned that the first time around, he even admits, now I know better, Okay, you know? So and maybe so Vivek's the VP guy? I think he's VP. You do think I so, I do, okay. I think he's gonna be VP. All right, I'm
1: with you on that one, girlfriend. <laughs> we are just about out of time. Angela Marsden, Pineapple Hill Saloon. It has been so much fun having you on. It's
3: been awesome.
1: All right. Guys, stay Stay tuned. Stay strong, everybody. Stay strong, everybody. We will be back with you next week on the main event.